Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Shio Nagata, welcome everyone to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host Michael Owl, and I'm here with Hank Owl. Hank Owl, what are we talking about today? Later on in the podcast, and as the main subject of the podcast, we'll be continuing our discussion for WandaVision with the third episode titled Now in Color. Uh, Beforehand, and speaking of Marvel, we have other Marvel stuff to talk about, which is that Karen Gillan has confirmed that she will appear in Thor 4 Love and Thunder. We obviously really love Karen Gillan because we really love Doctor Who and that character, and we're also pretty excited to see what's going on in Thor. How do, how do you feel about this? I'm excited to hear this. Uh, I, I don't really have any feelings as far as like story-wise, you know, that you know, Nebula is going to be there. I'd like that doesn't really mean that much to me. I'm just happy for Karen Gillan that she's got the work and we like her so much and she's really talented. And I like Nebula as a character. I'm curious what she'll be like post uh, Endgame. Really, she went through a lot. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about the seeing Thor again as well. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, of news going on with Thor 4, which is called. Or subtitled Love and Thunder, which is pretty great. It was a great subtitle. Like, we have to, they're going to be introducing Natalie Portman back into the main fray of Marvel, and she is going to be, you know, wielding Mjolnir and becoming the next Thor as she does in the comics. That's crazy to think about. And they also have the stuff with the Guardians of the Galaxy, which previously I think Chris Pratt. Star Lord was confirmed to be in it, and now we know Karen Gillan as Nebula is confirmed to be in it. Does that mean that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy are going to have the more to do with the plot of this movie? Yeah, I wonder. Or they're like going to drop Thor off, and like he'll just have his own adventure. I'm curious what they'll do. Do you have? Uh, what do you hope? Do you want more Guardians in there a lot, or or no? I'm not exactly sure what I want. Yeah, I just either. want it to be good, right? I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. Although I'd kind, of, I'd kind of like having the Guardians in there. They seem like, I mean, Thor Ragnarok set up a more, you know, comedic tone for with Taika Waititi and control of Thor. And he's, all, this is, he's also doing Thor 4. I think he's, he's also going to do a Thor 5. I think that's also said. Oh, really? I wonder if, because Thor Ragnarok felt intentionally i think isolated you know it was just hulk and banner and thor right and then we introduced a bunch of new characters uh i wonder if they'll since they went that way for three if they'll go back on four and make it more with the characters that we know you know like with the guardians if they'll keep them around because of that it's like a contrast kind of thing yeah. and does that mean do you think the thor five is going to be natalie portman and no I imagine Chris they. Hemsworth? I imagine they wouldn't do no Chris Hemsworth since he's just a big. He's Chris Hemsworth. He's such a big <laughs> he's star. Such a star, yeah. And I feel like they just they wouldn't have him just like retire into the background. Yeah. Well, are you excited? Were you excited? Pleased to see that Nebula or Karen Gillan, whichever one you're more excited about. I'm. I'm obviously excited. I more so for Karen Gillan than Nebula. The character, although I, I, do, I do also enjoy Nebula as the character, I probably enjoy her more liking Karen Gillan than I would without her being played by Karen Gillan. But yeah, I think I think I'm the same way. 
Um, it's so interesting. She has a very like interesting dynamic. I imagine she'll possibly be played more as like the the straight woman when it comes to comedic stuff. That would make sense, right? And she can nail that and do that very well. Yeah. 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 That's exciting. I don't do. Do I dare ask when? When one thinks we might be able to see this movie, <laughs> May of twenty twenty two. May of twenty twenty two. All right. I think this is when it's supposed to be. I could be wrong about that, but even if I said what the date actually was, I could also be wrong about. And even if you got the exact date right, it's probably going to change. Yeah. We're still in the fluid world of uh, entertainment and COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, it seems like I I trust in Taika Waititi. He hasn't disappointed us so far with his previous films. No, he hasn't. I really need to watch Ragnarok again. I need to give it because I remember not being terribly happy about that. Like, still liking it as much as I like all the other Marvel stuff. But I remember like wishing it had less of a comedic tone. But I think looking back on it, I, I think it was pretty good. I, I thought the same thing. I, rem- I remember, and I guess we could, well, I'm sure we did a podcast on it. We can go back and listen to it should we want to. But I think, I was thinking that I liked it a little bit less than you did. But I also, by the end of the podcast, I remember thinking like, oh, I just need to give this a whole another shot and see. So maybe we'll do that. We've got time before the fourth one. Yeah, we have <laughs> lots of time. Eventually, we are going to have to do a Marvel rewatch. Yeah, we do. That takes like four years to do. There's so <laughs> well, much. Just like <laughs> Actually, we won't have time to do that with all new Marvel content coming out this year. That's so true. We'd have to just take like a couple of weeks and barricade ourselves in a in a living room <laughs> with a TV and a do not disturb sign on the door. Yeah. Marvel is really reminding us this year that they exist after 2020 of not having really anything from them. What a great year to skip. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, like, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't be skipping it if it that, wasn't a true. year to that's be true. skipped. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, what was the planned length between, like, Endgame and, like, the next thing to pop up? It's supposed to be until May is when Black Widow would happen. Yeah, okay. It's supposed to be, there'd be two Marvel movies in... 2020 and then three and the years going on i'm not quite sure what the original schedule for the tv shows were i remember i think i took notes of it in the original comic-con announcement which obviously we didn't go to comic-con so that was secondhand information i was getting that from but i'm not sure i don't remember what the original plans of the shows was but i think it was black widow and eternals in 2020 and 2021 would be shang chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder, and something else that I'm forgetting. So we've been missing them longer than they than they wanted us to. Yes, but I'm 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 happy. I'm back. I'm back. I'm glad they're back. Uh, speaking of which, let's let's talk about the episode. Yeah. So uh, spoilers. Obviously, if you haven't seen the episode. Don't watch the podcast about the episode. I think that's pretty simple. I <laughs> think does, you understand that. That does seem that. pretty good, good advice. Uh, so, I'm trying to remember the last podcast we did about episodes one and two. What were, what were our expectations for this, and what do we want out of this episode? I was curious about the just the next phase of television they were going to do, like what what shows they were going to be homaging what um 
that that's that's really what I wanted to see. We knew there was going to color. Um, oh, and uh, new changes for this episode. We have episode titles now. We didn't have it before. I think it was just called episode one and episode two. I may be completely wrong. I may have just missed the titles. <laughs> I don't I'm remember them having titles. But I don't. I'm not going to swear to it either. Uh, so that's really kind of what I wanted to see. I wanted to see how many kind of clues they would give to what's really going on. You know, we had our theories and our ideas of, you know, what's up and, you know, um, did they tease the pregnancy? I can't even remember if they teased the pregnancy. They did tease the pregnancy. Yeah, they did. So yeah, I guess I wanted to see if that was actually going to be like a real kind of thing they stuck with or, or not. And we got our answer. (laughs) Exactly. They very much stuck with it. Yeah, but not like I, I would meant like stuck with it through the season. Like this was going to be something current state, but you know, boom, no, three days, nine months, boom, done. How did you feel about this episode? I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I I I liked it just as much as the first two. Um, once again, I thought Elizabeth Olsen was just perfect, and uh, Paul Bettany perfect. They were just fun and good. Again, acting within the style. Uh, I thought the writers did an excellent job. It was an interest. Like it was a good episode. Besides, like the, all the kind of crazy stuff that was going on. Very, um, I think like Brady Bunch was probably one of the um, influences. Uh, the whole, yeah, the whole pregnancy thing was was great. Uh, yeah, I, I dug it. Um, I, I. And now this may be because the newness has worn off and because my expectations were non-existent because I wasn't really thinking about it that much for the first two episodes. That maybe the after seeing how good those first two episodes was, I got a little more excited for this and maybe maybe it's the same quality and I, my expectations were wrong going into it. But I don't think I didn't like this episode as much as the other two. I think that's just because uh, like the actual sitcom hijinks. I didn't find it as funny, and comedy is subjective. That could be just me, and I feel like there was less of like a a comfort element that I enjoyed in the first two episodes that uh, we didn't have here. And actually, I I didn't find the jokes terribly funny. Okay. And also, I think um, we talked about this in our in our podcast about the first two episodes. How uh, I mean, we use the word the phrase slow burn kind of we want it to move you know slowly into the rest of the plot and i don't think they were really ever going to do that but just because you know how you know marvel does things but i, I think they kind of moved into some of the bigger elements of the plot a little bit faster than i than i wanted them to yeah i kind of think so too especially with well, i guess what happened at the end um but yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I would say I would. I I don't know. I guess I have to wait and see what happens with the rest of it to kind of judge the the arc that they're going with. Um, what are your interpretations of the weird stuff going around? Like you had Herb, the neighbor, like sawing into the concrete, like he wasn't really there in his head. And we have, um, I think we'll wait to get into the stuff with Tiana Paris and Monica Rambeau and I, Geraldine is her you know, name right now as far as we're aware. Yeah, I guess I'm interpreting that as little chinks in Wanda's ability, if this is even correct, to create this 
fictional fantasy world for her to retreat from all the grief of losing vision and losing her brother. Um, maybe it's not, maybe she just can't hold the whole world together as I guess what I think is happening or, but also I can see how maybe somebody is actually trying to infiltrate this safe haven she's correct created and that's them gaining some ground on that. I think it's become very clear, at least clear to me from this episode that all these other, I want to use NPCs for lack of a better term, <laughs> non-playable characters <laughs> here, the sitcom universe, are real people that are trapped. Okay. I think that with like the way the doctor says, like small towns, it's very hard to escape. Yeah, with that little kind of ominous gleam in the eye, right? Now it seems that like uh, Herb and uh, Catherine Hahn's character, the the neighbor with the bad husband, uh, like the way they were kind of like scared to tell Vision that they were trapped. Like it felt like they did. They were worried about letting Vision know this because then Wanda would know, and then they'd be punished by Wanda. Yeah. So do you think they are like? real people who have been hired to be projected into this world to kind of keep Wanda and Vision prisoner. And so they're scared of the repercussions if they fail. Is that the kind of thing you're thinking or, or different? What I'm thinking of is that this is a real town that Wanda is using is create this alternate reality in this town that's all sitcommy for her and Vision. Oh wow! So like, they are like if Wanda wasn't having her influence on this, this would be suburban somewhere 2021. Yeah, and they'd be doing like normal stuff. And they'd be doing so. Oh, that's interesting. And also, there's a there's a conversation about whether they are they're aware of this going on or they are controlled because it seems that like. Catherine Hahn and Herb were talking outside of their sitcom thing, out like outside of Wanda's knowledge. So like, and also the stuff that happens like with Vision, like is are they sentient or are they controlled by Wanda? That and now this makes it think that they are sentient, but like are are influenced to act sitcommy through reality, mind, comic book reason ways. <laughs> comic book reasons. Our favorite we reasons. A, we need to make that as a t-shirt. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, what did you think of the names of the twins and um, the fact that there were twins instead of just one? Because that wasn't hinted at, really. Well, I think the the twin part, I think they're definitely going back to Wanda and Quicksilver. And I'll get into a little bit later when I do the same thing I did last week where I tell you All tell you stuff from things. the comics that you <laughs> missed right. that I also missed but have come across later. Um, I think that part, that was probably my least favorite part of the episode, like the the pre-birth like jokes i guess didn't find that very enjoyable to watch that yeah be just me um what about her trying to hide the pregnancy did you find that 
funny at all, like the bowls of fruit and that kind of stuff? Or that I found that I, that was pretty funny. That was, yeah, I thought that was again. It was it, yeah, it was very much humor of that time or sitcoms of that time. And again, I thought she was great again. Yeah, so good. Um, this episode very also kind of set up Wanda as more of a malevolent figure. Are there particular moments you're thinking of when you say that? I'm thinking of like the she's gone back home. Like the she's very like it really like when they start talking about Quicksilver and Ultron and the events of the real world she definitely becomes and also with like everyone else being trapped here and how Catherine Hahn and Herb seem to be kind of scared of her a little bit. I could definitely set her up as I don't think she's ever going to become a full antagonist. But set her up as more of like a powerful and unstable. Powerful and unstable. And who knows what damage could be wrought. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. That's a fun edge. That is. That that's gonna be interesting to see play out. Sort of kinda out of touch with reality. Kind of enforcing this onto all these other people. Right. Because if she is able to convince herself that this is what's going on and she acts, you know, with her knowledge, you know, the exact appropriate thing, doing the right stuff, but in the wrong universe, like, that's that's damage. That destroys things. Uh, that's scary. Yes. Yeah, appropriately scary. Uh, let's talk about the Monica Rambeau and Gianna Paris stuff, because this episode is basically in two parts. There's one part that is the the parodying, the sitcoms, and the pregnancies and the birth of the twins. And the second part is the stuff with Tiana Paris and questioning whether she's actually a part of this or an infiltrator. And this reality and where it kind of breaks the the universe, her and Wanda talking about the, the twins after their birth... And then mention her mentioning Quicksilver, and mentioning Ultron. That kind of causes Wanda, you know, snap back into her actual self and removes her from this reality. Yeah. What's yeah? What is her role in this? Is she? She's clearly she seems different than uh, Catherine Hahn's character and in, in her. Right. Like, it seems like with the sword necklace and sword being from what I've heard, shield in space, and I'm sure that's an oversimplification, it's, it seems like she is like a an infiltrator into this. Like she is, per, she is aware of this fake universe and going into it to snap Wanda out of it is what it seemed like. That's what I was wondering. What do you think she's trying to do? Trying to snap her out of this, this revelry, this fantasy? Yeah, that's what it seems like. Uh, maybe this is causing some some danger in the real world or just wants those people that are trapped in here out safely. <laughs> right. Is it, do you think the same, the moment of when she's removed is kind of the same moment of when Wanda sees like the beekeeper guy coming out of the sewer, she's like, no, and therefore rewinds. Is this the same kind of thing, but just stronger a stronger move. What do you mean by protect that? Protect her like, area. The same. Well, it obviously is to, to protect her and protect this. To protect her fantasy. place. To protect her fantasy. And also, I forgot to mention, like the other, 
She does that same thing she did with the beekeeper thing when Vision starts to be like, uh, things are not as they seem here. And she's like, boom. And then, like, makes that rewind. Oh, yeah, I forgot. And yeah. changes how things happen. So, like, that's another thing that I sets up her as something that she's going to need to change by the end of this, or she will just turn into a sort of evil figure. Not an evil figure, but a sort of, like, harmful figure to the the Marvel Universe and the surrounding world. Right. This, that just, I had just had an idea. This reminds me only tiny, a tiny bit, but thematically with the moment in Age of Ultron where, um, who's the guy with the bow and arrow? Hawkeye. Where Hawkeye and her are in, like, this house during the battle, and he's like, you've got a choice to make. You can engage with this, and we can go fight. Or you can stay here and be scared and not come in or hold, you know, not join because of all of the other things that happened in her past. And it's almost like she's doing the same kind of thing. Instead of retreating and staying inside the house, I think it was the house, she's retreating and staying inside this, you know, creation, this fantasy creation she's made. Yes. So, I don't know. So maybe that's, maybe that's what she does when things are really horrible. So is she... It also seems a vision is becoming more aware of this. Like, is vision gonna gonna call her out on this or and try to or us escape? I guess. And does vision have any? Uh, is he an NPC that she's just created? You know, and she's created him so well that he is then trying to figure things out. Or is there a little part of vision left that is? I imagine there's is he a little part independently. I guess it, it seems like he's acting independently. Well, then, what does that mean for vision still being alive? Which seems impossible. I don't know. It, it seems like it'd be easier comic book to reasons. comic book reason to revive <laughs> him because he is a robot and an artificial intelligence. Right. I guess. Yeah. Be. And there's multiverses. So. <laughs> One of the things that I think, I don't remember where uh, I heard this, but I was reminded of is like, is, everyone, is what actually happening is Wanda just controlling like Vision's like dead body? And causing him to do things. <laughs> like, is Wicked that what's actually? That's what. Yeah, is that what's <laughs> happening in the real world right now? Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, but no, I think I think he's he is sentient and is in control of his own, or at least a separate entity from Wanda. Maybe that Wanda created, but is not controlled by her. Yeah. But that's going to be interesting to see as the show goes on to see. Whether Vision stands against Wanda or convinces Wanda to stop doing this. Right. Well, you have this moment in the trailer, you know, that everybody's who's interested in the show has seen, I know. So where, you know, if this is our home, you know, then let's fight for it. So I wonder what that will mean in the context of all this. Does that mean they're fighting against... Sword? Sword, who's trying to get Wanda to re-engage with the real world? Or are they fighting against some negative force? Because there's stuff with, you know, there's Hydra references we've had in the first two episodes. So is that the, like, who are we fighting? And why are we fighting them? You know, that's... I feel like something would have to change in this universe that, like, frees the people in there, or a bigger, greater threat would have to appear. Because I feel like... That wouldn't be a good theme for the show. It's just like, continue living in escapist fantasies. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like, well, no, it's, it's, 
Isn't that where we're at? <laughs> Doesn't that hit a little close to home with our fascination with Marvel? No, I'm kidding. Of course. Of course, of course. Um, but it is fun to retreat into these fantasy worlds when they're so well done. But I do believe, of course, there's real-world applications and lessons to these stories that we are telling. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm... I, I, even though the newness has worn off with the first two episodes, you know, and not knowing what to expect exactly, uh, I'm still just terribly excited about this show. Let's uh, let's touch on the commercial. Oh yeah, tell tell yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, the commercial was for Hydra Soak, just like a soap or a bath thing. I haven't really noticed what the commercial was actually for, <laughs> but some of the things that are interesting about this Bef- add. Are you going into kind of like the subtle kind of things? A little bit. Let me look. Can I, can but I not, say something first? Not in a way that's like comic booky or Easter eggy. It's just stuff I noticed. Oh, okay. All right. That is that it talks about like you want to get away from it all or stuff like that. Like it's kind of clearly right, mimicking. Yeah, mimicking the Wanda's escape from reality. Yeah, and also I think uh, actually no, the other stuff I was about to get into does have to do with you know Easter eggs and comic book well, stuff. Let me say one little thing the first because it reminded me, and I, I'm sure I'm not sure, but I imagine it was an homage to this old commercial for I guess it was like a bath soap, and like the commercial had the mom and like I don't know like the water is overheating and the pot on the stove and she's making dinner, the kids are fighting. There's yelling. There's all this like bad stuff going on, and then the mom finally goes, "Calgon, take me away!" And then it cuts to like her, you know, in this. I, I believe it was like like a, a luxurious, almost like that. Um, you know, when I bite into York peppermint patty, she's in like some other area that's now peaceful and relaxing and calm and cool. But she's actually, you know, like in the tub taking a bath with these bath salts, or maybe it was a shampoo. I don't really remember. I was a child, but. Immediately, that's what that whole Calgon take me away, like that was a big that was a big deal for, you know, television commercials back in the day. So that that's what it reminded me of. I didn't pick up on too many of the other things, which I would love to hear about actually, because I know I think you know more on this. So yeah, I think it's about <coughs> we've already done a little bit of speculation, and most of this with a show like this is mostly speculation, since you know most of the stuff is. Most of the stuff happening in the show is either like jokey sitcom stuff. There's not much to talk about whether that we liked it or didn't like it. And then there's like stuff that's supposed to feed speculation. Right. That's happening. Uh, but here's some comic stuff. Um, the twins. So Thomas and Bill and Billy or Tommy and Billy or Thomas and William uh, are actually in the comics are real people. They are members of the Young Avengers. Okay. And this goes into the House of M storyline where <laughs> this is very comic book reason. <laughs> Everything I'm about to say is very comic book. <laughs> well, I understand. That's, that's... So it's Vision, their Vision and Wanda's children created magically because Vision is a robot. Yeah, sure. And Wanda's a witch <laughs> who can do magic, right? Which you can do magic. But, like, they're a little bit created by the demon Mephisto. Huh. So, Mephisto, 
who a lot of people have speculated to have to do with what's going on in the show. I don't know why. I don't know much about Mephisto in the comics, so I don't know if there's more overt references to him that I'm not getting. Right, 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 right. But Mephisto, as far as I know, is Marvel's equivalent of Satan. Okay. So, like... Short from Mephisto. Mephistopheles? That's what... Probably, maybe. Who I don't even know exactly who is, by the way. (laughs) I think he was... I don't... Yeah. I'm just going to be quiet and not reveal my ignorance further. <laughs> Continue. Um, they like came back and like killed the kids by taking his soul back from them. And like it causes Wanda to go crazy. That happens okay. in House of X. So that could be in House of X ends with her saying no more mutants and killing 99% of the mutant population. But obviously I don't think that's going to happen in this because there aren't any mutants. I guess they could do it to create mutants, but that would I wonder how they would get to get to that happening <laughs> right i hear that but i think it has to do with like possibly the inclusion of mephisto in this tv series or the the idea of the kids will be taken away from her or they'll be fighting to keep the kids like maybe that is the thing that like changes this like wanda with the like this is our home let's fight for it it's maybe the freeing these people but fighting for the kids and for vision still be alive all right i could see that uh also um vision uses super speed in this that some people are speculating to be maybe wanda putting quicksilver's powers on division and also there are some rumors that he would come as the marvel character wizard who appeared in jessica jones Hey, really? Who not be called wizard, but play a that role in the Marvel universe? But I I don't know anything about that. That seems like a big, big shot that in the dark. Like a there. And the other Hydra Soak stuff is that could be a reference to Agents of Shield, where they have this like Hydra Soap thing that like changes memories, and that could also be you know a reference to possibly Hydra's involvement in this, or just the. The changing of reality. Right. And also some people said that there's reference to like Age of Ultron, like Sokovia, like going up in the air. Well, she's and she sings uh, like a lullaby, Sokovian, like she, cause I think we had the uh, closed captioning on, so like sings in Sokovian or yeah, whatever, I think we saw that. And, you know, I'm not sure we would have gotten that otherwise, but <laughs> probably though um so that's basically all the comic stuff like whether they get into house of m more or mephisto more we we have to kind of weigh in seats but right now there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that i'm sure like half of it can't be true right like with the rumors like red herrings you know for us to get you know excited about and then have them not prove like is there uh mephisto and the kids, and Hydra, and Sword, and like, <laughs> right. and Ultron, and Quicksilver. And All like, in six episodes to go. Right, there's nine, right? Is that right? That's nine. So yeah, we do have six episodes left. People are also saying, and I don't know where I got this, but I think, uh, I'm forgetting his name, the actor that played Vision. The actor uh, Paul that played, Bettany. Paul Bettany said that like, there would be a surprise big Marvel character that a 
appears in this. And I don't even know if that's something he actually said. That's something that is in my brain. Right. So it's like, think about what that character would be. Could it be possibly James Spader coming in as part of the thing as Ultron in this fantasy world? Yeah. I didn't realize that. I I think he's the voice of Ultron. Boy, okay. All right. Or... A Quicksilver returning. I don't know. Or it could be Doctor Strang. It could be any number of people. I'd be surprised if Quicksilver didn't make an appearance. Because you know, at least flashback wise, or right, or just or is like a fantasy that you know she's put in there. You know, to her brother, maybe part of her cracking out of this protection. You know, the more she realizes that you know this universe she's created, whatever. Maybe it, uh, as she's fighting between reality and not, um, why would, I, mean, I would imagine she would want to bring him back. So that, that's, I would, I mean, I'm not going to lay, lay money down on it in Vegas, but, you know, that's, I would, that would not surprise me. Yes. Another speculatory thing is, is this possibly going to get into the multiverse? Because this is supposed to tie in to the upcoming Doctor Strange sequel called Doctor Strange, in the multiverse of madness and it's obviously going to have to deal with the multiverse is this possibly going to tie into the multiverse I guess it possibly could with this other reality I guess that feels more like definite just because that's what they you know because they said it was going to tie in like I like that would like I feel like that that, that might I, I might lay down a dollar bet on Vegas on that but the question is I guess how they would do it I think I'll be disappointed if it's just a uh, like oh that one like you know like Rick and Morty like just destroy a universe and go to the next one you know and there's no consequences from the actions in this universe. I think I'll be disappointed if that is the case. But but maybe not. Do yeah. you think that's going to happen? Is that I too early to tell? I think it's too early to tell. I hope if they do it they do it in a in a good way. Right, I don't want to be like oh, it's all a dream, you know. Like you know, no. I want some repercussions for actions. Yes. Um, so if they're doing it like that, I wonder: does Doctor Strange come first, and then the multiverse, or does the multiverse come first, and then Doctor Strange? Right. You know what I mean by that? Like, does Doctor so. Strange appear in this show, and then the they go, man, or- and then they go into the multiverse later or does the multiverse come into the show and that is how Wanda and Doctor Strange meet in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So are we going to see these babies like as kids? Like as like eight year olds you think? Maybe. I mean they are like if they're going to try to work them into a Young Avengers type thing with uh, Miss Marvel and uh, Ironheart and other child care and Cassie Lang and the whatever lady that's going to be coming uh, Hawkeye soon they would have to kind of speed up their growth right for them to be the proper age to yeah. relate to us teens and they're going to be doing uh, Brady Bunch was 70s right um, I don't know I think so I think 70s so let's, let's presume it wasn't they're doing 80s sitcoms next like I feel like the 80s sitcoms that people think of are you know things like Cosby Show Family Ties like they're definitely children there like so that would fit into if they're going to the next 
decade. Full House. TV. When is that? Is that nineties? I I don't. That seems like an eighties thing. Right? It might be. A, I bet it's late eighties or early nineties. It's not a show that I ever watched, and I like wasn't like a you know TV snob or anything. Like if it was in my ballpark wheelhouse and everybody was watching it, I sure would have watched it. So I was a little bit too old for that, which makes me think. Um, well, yeah, it makes me think mid, uh, late eighties to early nineties. Um, but we can find. I mean, we could IMDb that real quick and find that out if we wanted to. Nah. Oh, or we can just, or we can just not. <laughs> we can find out after we tape. With all these different elements, what do you hope happens with them? Like, what would be your if you I were writing it? If you were Jack, I, you know what. On all this like talk, I forgot to even mention who did the episode. So you talk about what you would like to see with all these elements. If you were Kevin Feige or if you were Jack Schaefer, the creator of the show, or if you were Kevin Feige, because obviously Kevin Feige, it's, he's CEO of Marvel, he has to be in somewhat control, especially with what people say about Marvel and it being a high, heavily studio-done process. Okay. Like, how would... How would you have these events play out? I mean, I th- think I would have it to where her universe, her fantasy universe, is being slowly eroded. I don't know whether I want like this outside military group that we see or or scientific group. It I can't remember if they were camouflaged helicopters or just regular helicopters or not at that last scene. Um, I think I would want... this thing to slowly erode so so that at the end of nine there have been these battles and they finally kind of bring her back and then we introduce like what is going to happen in the Doctor Strange movie where she is back I think that's what I would like but I don't know the details like like, yeah do we really want her fighting against fighting on the side of stay hidden in fantasy land, you know, <laughs> like, is that, but maybe, so maybe she needs to be defeated so that she is finally hits rock bottom and then has to deal with everything and then can move on and be helpful in Dr. Strange. It's almost like, um, you know, she is, she is protecting herself from hitting that final, final stage of, of grief and acceptance and yeah, the rock bottom basically, you know, so maybe she has to do that before she can move back up. So I'd be okay with that storyline or something like that happening. Yes. What I want to happen, and this this dream version of how the events happen does not really uh, have to do with Sword or Mephisto or, or any of the other stuff that may appear in the show. I would want, it's kind of like that Father's Day episode of Doctor Who, where, uh, where um, Vision has to, like, stop Wanda, which, because he is fake in this Wanda universe, therefore means sacrificing himself to get them out of this. He will have to kill himself, like... Spoilers for this one episode of Doctor Who, by the way. I'm not remembering this episode. Where Jack... Where, um... Rose Tyler's dad has to kill himself to get him to stop the time. to get the universe back in right. That's what I want to happen. I want... Uh, Vision uh, to kind of have sacrifice himself against Wanda to kind of end this universe after he sees how much it's harming these other people. If it is harming these other people, 
And then that maybe causes Wanda to change her ways. Oh, I could be satisfied with that. I like that. Okay, so this episode was uh, was directed by Matt Shackman, who has directed the previous ones. The TV show itself was created by Jack Schaefer, and this episode was written by Megan McDonald. I wonder if they have the same director. This is such a limited series on the whole thing. I think that's I think that's a popular way of operating now on these kind of limited series. Yeah. Uh, rather than bringing in a new director, you know, for multiple episodes. Uh, any predictions for the next episode? I mean, I guess we're going to have to see a little bit more of Vision being a little more suspicious of Wanda. And it's possible, since we haven't really even touched on that we saw the real world oh, in yeah, this episode. So we, the- oh, well, can I continue? Oh, yeah, please, sir. So I think I think we're actually going to, instead of like a little tease at the end, we're actually going to see a full scene in the real world with what happens to Kiana Paris after she's taken out of this. I wonder I if we'll open with that. Possibly, because eventually the stories may have to like not intersect, but be a little separate. Like eventually, we're going to have to see what's happening on the outside world. Because I don't think with six episodes left, they're going to have enough to really bring this story full round. If they just show little bits of the real world, like eventually we're going to have to see like sections of episodes take place in the real world. Is yeah, at least is what right. I think. You're right about that. You are right about that. Yeah, I wonder how much they'll, like, what the percentage will be. Like, if I, th- I think eventually we're going to get to A stories in Wonderland, B stories in the real world. Yeah, I bet you're right. I bet you're right. Uh, that's exciting. It's a fun show. Is there anything else you want to say about it? Well, now we can touch on the, the seeing the outside world. Okay. Um, so yeah, so what did you think? Did you see it coming? Do what? Do you, what were your? When did that happen? What were your feelings? I knew when they started to change aspect ratio that this is what they were gonna. And that was cool. Show it was. <laughs> so cool. That uh, I, I I've, I've heard this from other people because I just listened to a podcast about this a similar similar pod another like episode discussion podcast just to see you know how we could improve this one or. And just see other people talk about it. Oh yeah. Um, and what they say is maybe that like she like is taken by these government people to see Randall Park's character, the FBI agent. Maybe he's taken on more of a role in Sword that we're unaware of in Ant Man and the Wasp. And it's like, like, why did you mention like Vision or my, why did you mention Quicksilver or Ultron? Like we were so close to doing blank blank blank. Like, uh, that she was trying to infiltrate like it, and she like kind of... an agent on the inside. That she was an agent on the inside, and that she kind of, like, messed up and got, like... Right, she blew it. She, she blew, blew it. cover. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. Because she seemed kind of... Did she seem genuinely confused to you? She did not seem genuinely confused. It seemed like she was trying to, like, gloss it over. That she made a mistake and then was trying to right. cover tracks. Yeah, like, oh, so, whoops, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know. They've done a good job. I'm definitely hooked. I want to see what's going to happen. Yeah. I think that kind of... That kind of exhausts everything we could possibly say. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Tell me uh, Tell me what you're reading now. Um, I'm still reading Sandman. Cool. 
Still liking it? I'm still liking it. I'm still very much enjoying it. We're on one season of Mists now. What issue? That storyline. How many issues are there? Like in the the format that we have, there's like 10 maybe? Or, what do you mean by hmm? You mean issues or volumes? I guess I mean volumes. Like in the way we have it, there's individual little books. So how many of those little books are there? I'm not quite sure. I think there's like 13. Okay. And which one of those are you on? Like I'm on the fourth one. Okay. All right. So I'm still in the first first third of things. Yes. All right, cool. Although I think like three of these are like bonus epilogue stories after the main storyline is done. Okay. All right. I need to get on those this summer. This summer I'm going to read those. Uh, what are you reading? I'm reading The Searchers by Tana French. Uh, Tana French, is she's an awesome writer. She does mysteries. Uh, I would call them literary mysteries. Um Set in in Ireland, she started a series called the Dublin Murder Squad, but her last two books, including this one, have been outside that universe. And this is about a uh, an American who moves to rural Ireland for reasons that have not been made totally clear to me yet, but their little hints have been thrown out, and he meets a young kid who's got some problems and kind of almost decides to take like, he's basically a former cop. So it's almost like an amateur detective story, except for he's a, you know, he's an amateur, but he is a former professional and it's really wonderful. I'm about halfway finished with it and it's just really great. Excellent writing. It's fun watching how she does this. She makes it look very, very easy and uh, I'm enjoying a lot of it. So yeah. So going to keep reading that. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, Nothing else. I guess podcasts you can expect from us. Um, I'm trying to do some new movies uh, coming out. We'll do uh, The Dig when it comes out on Netflix. We'll probably also do Malcolm and Marie when it comes out on Netflix. Um, And we have, we watched one recently that we want to talk about. We watched One Night in Miami that we want to talk about. Yeah. Because that movie's good. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, so that you can, you guys can. And also, um, WandaVision, WandaVision every week. One, yeah, WandaVision next weekend. So awesome. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode of the Owls on Culture podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Until we meet again, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Cerzier and Antoine Villar. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.